Welcome to Talking Travel on 2NURFM. We've got Sally Lucas on the line. Just arrived in Port Lincoln. How are we this afternoon, Sally? Great and fabulous weather as well. Sounds like you're having much the same and really warm. It's, it's looking that way. Uh, where have you been the last few weeks, Sally? Okay, well, last week we finished off uh, talking about Mungo National Park in southwestern New South Wales and Akarula Wilderness Sanctuary, which is at the top of the, or near the top of the Flinders Ranges National Park. And now I'm talking about another park called Wilpena Pound. Uh, a lot of people, believe it or not, sometimes haven't heard about it, but if we had our own seven wonders of the world, Wilpena Pound would have to be, I reckon, at the top of the list almost, even though we've got Katajuta, the Twelve Apostles, and, of course, Uluru. Surprisingly and astonishingly, Uluru would fit within Wilpena's walls six times over. This is how wow. big this structure is. Now, it's believed that Wilpena is an Aboriginal word meaning place of bent fingers, although the local and, and Namudna people call the pound Ikara, meaning meeting place or place for initiation. But the term pound is actually an old English term for an animal enclosure, usually made of stones. So this is actually a natural amphitheatre of two ranges of mountains that have joined together in a circular fashion. We're about 430 kilometres north of Adelaide, and it was used for grazing from the mid-19th to 20th century and for cropping in the early 20th. But tourism actually was, its potential was recognised in the mid-1940s, and since then it's become a major tourist attraction. So a lot of people, when they look at it, because there's this huge dish-shaped structure with mountains around, it looks like a huge meteorite hit it or... It's a caldera remnant from a volcano, but it's none of that. It's actually what they call, or geologists describe, as a remnant elevated synclinal basin, basin sorry, um, which is, in, as I said, it's enclosed by, by mountains. So it's actually seven, about 17 kilometres long and 8 kilometres wide. So it's quite remarkable, and it's still the highest section of the Flinders Ranges, even though over millions of years, thousands of metres have been whittled away from the top of these ramparts. So it's absolutely stunningly beautiful, but you can't really get the full um, perspective of it without doing a flight over it. That's my belief. I mean, you can look at pictures, you can do walks into the top of the pound and see part of it, but there's no way with the naked eye you can appreciate the size and immensity of it without doing a flight. That's that's just my, you know, own personal opinion. But from there, and of course, Arkarula, I mentioned last week to our listeners that it's very rugged, very dry, very dusty and and, and quite ethereal, almost like a moonlight landscape. So you're only travelling 200 kilometres south and Wilpena Pound, because of the shape of this this natural amphitheatre, has its own weather pattern. So it's lush and it's green and it's beautiful. So totally, totally different to, to what I have seen previously. Now, I have been to Wilpena before, so, you know, but it was great coming back and I've, I've seen a lot more of it this time. And there's some beautiful drives you can do it. And you know why all these artists in South Australia, like Hans Heisen and, and, and there's another, uh, Harold Casno, they're famous for their use of light. And you, you drive and the, and the colours and the striations in the rock formations is absolutely astounding. And you can do these beautiful drives through a couple of gorges called Burkina Gorge, Bunyaru Gorge, and there's another one that's the Morolana Scenic Drive. And these are all within quite easy proximity within the Flinders Ranges National Park. So, and there's so many lookouts, and you just you just keep looking and blinking, and it looks like the mountains have been painted on the sky. If you can get my my drift, so it is spectacularly beautiful. And if you have not been there, that certainly should be added to your bucket list. Lots of walks you can do. 
um, it, you know, there's, there's everything from difficult walks to quite easy walks. Um, and also you can do tours, cultural tours, if you're interested in doing cultural tours with some Indigenous guides around the area. So it, it is a, a wonderful place. I mean, obviously it's better to be here on a four-wheel drive to do some of the drives, but there are two-wheel drive um, availabilities as well. Um, you've got everything from campgrounds to resorts to staying on a plethora of beautiful big um, stations and farms where you can stay actually on a working farm. And as I said, there's lots of trails around where I stay, which is the Wilpina Pound Resort that are suitable for mountain biking and bike hire can be arranged if you haven't got your own. Um, so there's lots of places you can stay. You don't have to stay at that resort, but it's got a good information centre from there. Your nearest town to, to get other bits and pieces is called Hawker, which is about 55 kilometres away. But within the Wilpina Pound Resort, Resort, rather, they do have like an IGA Express if you need to, you know, top up on your groceries and bits and pieces and fuel. So, yes, just consider that. You've always got to make sure you've got enough fuel and water with you when you're travelling through any of these areas. But at least there you can top up, which is, which is great. So, look, if you haven't had it on your list to go to, since my second visit, and I'm still blown away by it. It is absolutely magnificent. So it sounds like there's a ton of things to do there. There, there is, and you're not going to be, you know, running out of time or, sorry, the other way around, you're not going to be short on things to do. You've got yep. so much to do, you'll actually run out of time to cover it all. Um, we had three three nights there, and I had three nights last time. So, you know, over those two, three nights now, I've covered quite a lot of territory. And there's some lovely old ruins as well of, of the old homesteads with everything written on, you know, the, the fight there was to keep their land and different disagreements they had with government over land possession. And so you're getting a lot of history. And I found that a lot within Outback South Australia. There's so many ruins of these old homesteads with a lot of history attached to it because everyone went north trying to create these other crops or it was, you know, sheep or crops. Yep. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't and then the communities just faded away. But, yeah, it's very interesting historically as well as being beautiful geographically as well. So, yeah, one, wonderful part of the world. It's Talking Travel on 2 RFM. Looking at the Clare Valley next. Yeah, so this is a little bit of uh, R&R, you could say, I suppose. The Clear Valley is renowned, you know, for its wineries and, and particular, it's basically one of the largest Riesling growing areas of Australia. Um, I hadn't been to the Clear before, been to many other of the wine districts in South Australia, so this was new for me. Um, very, again, last year, obviously had a lot of rain recently, absolutely beautiful. It's a very forested area and you go to the Barossa, it's not quite so. It doesn't have as much forestation and around it, but this area was, again, absolutely beautiful. Um, on the way there, we, I guess everywhere we've been going to, just to remind our listeners, there's lots of wonderful silo art. And, you know, you look at the, these huge silos and the artists that do them, I don't even know how they, you know, can portray such with accuracy, you know, the depictions on these silos. It's absolutely amazing. So we actually um, stopped at a funny little town called Wilmington on our way to the Clear Valley, where it's one of the largest toy museums. You wouldn't expect it in this little village you know, in the middle of outback, sort of south, or not quite outback, but certainly more remote areas of South Australia. Um, and he's got the largest collection of Land Rovers in the Southern Hemisphere, from the miniature ones to toy ones to ones you can sit in to actual real Land Rovers. It's 1,900 of them. Can you believe that? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and the next little place we stopped at was Wirribara, 
and there's some wonderful art silo there as well. But once you get into the Clare, as I said, it is really renowned for, for its wineries, but also they, um, a bit like the Fernley Track, they've converted an old railway line into a trail they call the Riesling Trail, and it's one of the, the prettiest cycling and walking tracks you can do, and they were a pioneer in actually repurposing disused railways. So it's flat and levelled and signposted, and it's a 33-kilometre trail follows scenic country from Clare to another area called Auburn and you can they have um, saddlebags if you want to hire e-bikes which is a much easier way than doing it you know than a pushy because it's yeah, still quite a long way and yeah so that you can you know pick up you can take a picnic with you or you can carry a cellar door map and you can go off the trail and, and visit different um, you know obviously wineries along the way just don't have too many wines because you've still got to ride the bike back <laughs> They have a carriage or something as well for you. That might be more handy. <laughs> a bit of Dutch courage. Um, but the Clear Valley and its wilderness trail has actually 100 kilometres of hiking and cycling trails within the area. And there's lots of lovely little villages and around that you can go and visit. Um, one's called Borough, which was the largest copper mine in the in uh, the southern hemisphere for quite some time, supplying copper in, internationally as well as to here. But one of the interesting vineyards that's there is is called Seven Hills. Now it was actually established in 18 around the 1870s, I think, by um, a, Jes- a Jesuit priest of all things. And so you can actually do a walk around these these vineyards, and it's got a parish church in there which has a crypt, and it's the only parish church in Australia that has a crypt, and it's the final resting place of 42 Jesuits, and their names are carved into slate and marble headstones in the walls of the vaulted chamber. And the thing they're more famous for is they are the only vineyard in the Southern Hemisphere that makes sacramental wine and supplies it all over the world. And I didn't even know that. Isn't that amazing? No, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So not only they produce this wine that we would drink, but they, they do the sacramental wine as well. So they've got the oldest vines, Shiraz vines in the Hunter Valley, uh, in the Hunter Valley, I'm saying Hunter, in the Clear Valley, which were planted in, in 1860. Um, and it's just such an interesting vineyard because of all the history there as well, because it was the resting place of, you know, many parishioners, local pioneers, some indigenous people. And the earliest grave sites date back from 1872. Um, and, and there was a lot, there's a lot of Lutherans, of course, came from Germany into here, the Lutheran, the Jesuit religions were quite prominent in the early days and the Jesuit not so much now but certainly everywhere you go there's still a lot of Lutheran churches and of course if you remember there's Harndorf the German village which is in the Barossa Valley and that that was very much a a German settlement. So yes there's there's history everywhere you go here and it it really is very interesting so as I said lovely vineyards everywhere you go not just Seven Hills but lots of them Um, and also the restaurants of course it's a beautiful eating destination but you can still got all the out, outside as well. And you've also got to remember that your first peoples, the Nadjari, walked and hunted over the Clear Valley region. So you can learn a lot about the traditional custodians and how they used the water holes and used the natural resources that were here. Um, so after uh, South Australia was settled in 1836, explorers pushed north from Adelaide seeking land and resources. So they pushed north all up into this area of the Clare and even further up, as we've mentioned, into the Flinders Range um, to make sure they could you know, have vast sheep runs and wheat, etc., to to feed themselves. Yep. So it is a very interesting area. Um, and, yeah, 
just then there's lots of driving trails you can do as well. Um, there's a track that's 165 kilometres, mostly unsealed, but it is safe for two-wheel drive um, vehicles so long as it's in dry conditions. Um, there's lots of cycling trails, as I mentioned, and lots of short walks you can do as well. So, look, honestly, it, it covers everything for everyone. Uh, there is a little farm estate places here as well, as well as lots of cottages, beautiful little cottages. And they use, they use their stone in South Australia a lot. Like everywhere you go, there's a lot of the houses, current houses and old houses, built with this most beautiful, looks like sandstone to me. I'm assuming it probably yeah. is. But, yeah, just just. Just beautiful, and, and the towns are so neat and well looked after. Really, really is quite beautiful to travel through here and just, you know, have a little bit of a stay in some of the vineyard areas once you've been doing the more, I guess, rigorous, if you like, yes. outdoor <laughs> stuff, and just, yeah, chill out, relax, you know, have a glass of wine, sitting on the veranda, looking at the scenery or whatever, and it is absolutely delightful. It sounds an absolute marvel about this, Ellie, so... <laughs> It's Talking Travel on 2NURFM, and we're talking with Sally Lucas. And Sally, you got a couple of hot deals before you go. I've just got a couple, yep. Now, one of them is for Borneo. Now, that's a really interesting part of the world. And you're going, one of the best things about Borneo, you, with this particular itinerary anyway, you're going into a cave system that is considered to be one of the largest and most spectacular cave systems on Earth which is the renowned Mulu Caves, which is in the Gunung Mulu National Park, a UNESCO World Heritage. And it's it's just, they've got all sorts of wildlife within the in, in the caves, rather, with nocturnal wildlife, thinking fireflies, luminescent fungi, all sorts of things. And also they've got the world records in terms of size, height and length, including the Sarawak Chamber, thought to be the largest known natural underground chamber as well as uh, considered the largest known cave passage in the world, the Deer Cave is home to a phenomenal two to three million bats. Can you imagine that? But this well, is no, a really, not really. <laughs> no, you can't, no. But anyway, it is, I've had my sister-in-law and I had friends do this, and they said it is really just one of the most amazing things you can do. So it's quite an in-depth itinerary of Borneo. Now, this is going in March next year, and it's around about... 5K per person plus flights. But it's a very in-depth tour of Borneo if you're interested in doing that. Now, also, we do have a really lovely, interesting Mediterranean cruise with Barcelona. Now, it's return flights to Barcelona. You're on a brand-new luxury MSC vessel called World Europa. Eight-day Western Mediterranean cruise at five ports of call. Three nights in Barcelona in a four-star hotel. Transfers course, all meals on board, etc. So you're flying in and out of Barcelona and your itinerary goes from there to Marseille where you get the opportunity to go up into Provence, it goes to Genoa, um, down to Naples with the option to do the Amalfi Coast area um, and then Messina, Malta and back to Barcelona. Now there is a departure next year in November 2024 which is, they've knocked, um, it was normally over $5,500, but it's down to just 4000 Other months of the year, there'll be supplements depending on availability. It might be $100 or it might be 600 or 500 But hey, when you think it's airfares, and virtually, you know, all your meals on the on the cruise and you've got still four nights in Barcelona, that's the only place you're going to be paying for some food. Incredible value for money. 
Now, there's some other tours here available at the moment with Bunnick Tours, who are a South Australian company. I thought it was wise to give them a little bit of a plug seeing I'm in their state. And they only have a maximum group size of 20. Now, they've got a lot of tours available at the moment for 2024 with great savings, with EFAs included. And these all have guaranteed departures. Now, that's a big plus when you know a tour's not going to be cancelled. So they've got a 21-day Jewels of Dalmatia, which is going all the way through Bosnia and Croatia and Slovenia and just fabulous itinerary. Um, Spain in depth, another 22-day tour, a Moroccan discovery tour. Though I suppose at the moment we should leave that out of the equation because they're, they're suffering after that earthquake. Yep. So that might, you know, not, whether they still run that next year, I guess will depend on what happens there. Um, there's a northern Spain and Portugal 24-day itinerary, an Italian discovery, which is in depth tour of Italy from north to south, um, you know, from Milan to Lake Como, Venice, Verona, you name it, uh, La Spezia, Cinque Terre, San Gimignano, Siena, Florence, Pompeii, Rome, Sorrento, Isle of Capri, and Multi Coast, um, 24 days. And then there's a lovely Scandinavian itinerary as well that's taking, going right up to the North Cape to Honigsvarg, Tromsø, um, and of course the Flam Railway, which is famous in Norway, Bergen, Oslo, Stockholm, Helsinki, etc., Copenhagen, 21 days. All of these are guaranteed departures. Airfares included with great rebates. So get in early and grab yourself a bargain. So, Lucas, thank you very much. We'll catch you next Friday. We'll be looking at Port Lincoln, I guess. Yeah, we'll be looking at Port Lincoln and Streaky Bay, which is also um, along this air peninsula. And I'll be talking to you from Esperance, Western Australia. (laughs) So, Lucas, enjoy your week. Thank you. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.